Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Jacob Albrot, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. Touchdown, Kansas City! Hey, Chiefs Kingdom, we have you covered. Joining Sports Daily Live, executive producer of Chiefs Radio Network, Dan Israel. All right, welcome back in, everybody. Hour number two, Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster, and Dan Israel, who's just loving life at the airport right now. Uh, Dan gets to enjoy you know, it's 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 just such a joy to get stuck in an airport, isn't it, Dan? Well, let's just say the airline to remain nameless. Let's just call them Squelta, for lack of a better term, maybe. A, a six-hour delay. Yeah, I don't mind a 15-minute delay, but a six-hour delay yeah. is a bit excessive. That's that's quite a delay. That is, uh, that's that's something. And you know what? With airline, we just got to kind of grin and bear it, too. There aren't a lot of industries where... They just rake you over the coals constantly, charge you an arm and a leg to use their services, never deliver on time or do what they're supposed to do, and you just get there and you, you just get to smile and say, okay, thanks for having me. Uh, but yeah. you know what? We'll we'll pass the time with you here, Dan. Uh, let's let's talk a little Chiefs here. You know, I, I gotta say. I've been in the I've been in the camp and as loud as I can be with don't worry don't worry everything's fine the AFC's not that good the Chiefs are still the best and then they got down fourteen nothing and I'm like all right you know what like I, I don't know how much more of this I'm going to be able to to withstand before I jump on the other side of that line but everything was fine uh, and they got it done but there was a moment there right there was a moment there that even the people that have been like don't panic were like okay I'm kind of panicking here how are you like what's what's happening right now. Yeah, that first quarter felt like it was two days long. I mean, you just don't expect the Chiefs, especially as good as the defense has been playing, you don't expect them to go down two touchdowns. That's excessive. And, you know, there are teams that don't have the ability to make their way back from that kind of deficit. But uh, fortunately for the Chiefs, even with the slow start, they just slowly and methodically kept playing their game. The defense locked it down. I mean, they gave up 14 points, but they only gave up in the first in the uh, first quarter – but they only give up three points the remainder of the game. So I do feel like the Chiefs kind of rallied and, and, and were able to, to find their way out of that, that hole because it was a, you know, you can't dig a hole like that on the road. 
not win, not usually in the National Football League. I thought it was interesting. One of the great players this after the game gave an interview, and he said, you know, he was really frustrated because he just felt like, you know, they have more, he called them dogs on their team. And he says, you know, I know we're a better team than the Chiefs. It's like, really? Really? I mean, you won six games last year. Chiefs were the Super Bowl champions. I don't know quite where your perspective got off there, but it sure looked like it in the first quarter. Fortunately, the last three quarters were better. It felt like to me, Dan, that we were watching kind of vintage Kansas City Chiefs, right? Like the games where they've fallen behind by double digits and then the switch gets flipped and all of a sudden things start clicking and then it's an onslaught offensively, kind of what we've seen from Mahomes and kind of come to expect from him over the years where he's got an over 500 record when he is trailing by double digits or more, which is unheard of. We haven't really seen that happen, though, throughout the course of this season where that switch has been flipped and everybody's been waiting on it and waiting on it and waiting on it. And then finally in the game against the Raiders, it did. Did you kind of get that same observation that it was sort of vintage Chiefs? Yeah, I thought so. You know, I mean, I think one of the things that's kind of plagued us early in this season is certainly red zone turnovers, just absolute game breakers. And then you've got this just the lack of the wide receivers outside of Travis Kelsey. Like, it's funny how we refer to Travis Kelsey as a wide receiver continually. But outside of that, you know, nobody's really stepped up to the plate. And and I felt like, uh, you know, this was kind of a reversion back to where Mahomes was protecting the football and he was spreading the ball around and he was getting things done without the production of Travis Kelsey. Now, Kelsey still had a good day, just under 100 yards, but it was really, really nice to see Rasheed Rice get 100 yards and, and, uh, you know, have a a second receiver with production. So I did think it was that way. You know, I, I don't like the slow starts, but that has been their MO, right? And they've been able to uh, uh, make their way through the playoffs, even with that kind of mentality. And so it was very much a vintage Chiefs game in my mind. Well, and to Dan, you mentioned Rice, and it wasn't just that he had 100 yards for me. It was that he had 10 targets. Like, they clearly were targeting him in the game. That's, I don't think, by accident. Do you think this is the point? where we see them, you know, maybe game plan or lean into one of these receivers. It was Justin Watson the week before, and that just didn't seem right, at least to me. Now, though, you get a situation with this guy, and that's what it's felt like needed to happen for a little while. Yeah, it is, and I, I do think they talk, I do think they game plan for him. I, I think that that will change from week to week simply because Coach Reed likes to vary that, and I think Coach Reed likes to – highlight the player that he feels is going to be the best matchup in a given contest. That's not always going to be Rushy Rice. However, uh, I do feel like, you know, for this rookie who we've been kind of waiting to emerge, it was signs that, hey, there is something there. Now, will they keep him on a rookie pace? You know, you don't want to crush a rookie. You can overload a rookie very easy. And I feel like they've been cognizant in, in – you know, almost hesitant to put too much on his plate because they don't want to crush him. They don't want to overwhelm him. But I, I felt like he really handled the pressure well in Las Vegas. And if the Chiefs sense that as well, which I'm sure they do, I can't see why they're not going to feature him going forward, right? Uh, I, I mean, Kadarius Tony practices all week, practices all week, and then is out for the game. And, and I, I feel like if you, you're not going to be able to count on Tony, you're not going to be able to count on Hardman. They've got to, they've got to feature him. They really, they need him. And so it was. Uh, I thought it was very encouraging to see him 
to not only handle the pressure, but really excel in it. Because uh, a couple of those, you know, that last run, uh, that last touchdown that he had, that is a play that McCole Hardman would have run. That would have been McCole Hardman's play. I think McCole would have taken that out of bounds. He cut it back inside and, and got the touchdown with it. And I, I just was, I thought it was really refreshing to see. Yeah, I kind of had that same thought that you did when I was watching the game. And, and, you know, as much as I think everybody has been kind of tantalized by the potential that Kadarius Tony brings and just kind of the athleticism that he has, and then knowing that McCole Hardman has been in the system for a long time, you know, when, when we're watching games where you've got eight or nine different receivers that are being targeted, you kind of, you don't have anybody then catching the ball, right? Like you don't have anybody that you can really lean on because you're spreading the, the ball out and the share of the catches out to a number of different people. But it almost seemed to me that the Chiefs were forced to lean on Rishi Rice in the game on Sunday, maybe because they didn't have Tony and Hardman. And I wonder, is that something that moving forward when you don't have those guys to do those gadget plays that you, you kind of have to get them out of the playbook and go back to a more conventional type offense with Rishi Rice? I think so. I mean, I, I don't want to limit coach Reed's creativity with this because certainly he's a genius and, you know, there's things that he can do, but I, I think you almost have to, I mean, Sky Moore hasn't done it. Tony hasn't done it. Hardman's not there. I mean, what else do you have? You, 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 and, and again, you can't really ask Rice to do everything. You know, I mean, he's at some point you've got to, you know, you've got to give him things that he can chew and swallow. And so to me, that's more the conventional packages, the more, you know, you even saw some short routes to him, which I thought was surprising. But boy, when he catches it in space, does he explode out? I mean, I feel like speed-wise, he resembles Tyreek. I'm not saying he's as fast as Tyreek, but he resembles Tyreek that he can drop that second gear and really get going. And and so I, I think they did have to kind of, you know, rely on that type of game. But, uh, you know, the long and short of it is when you get the opportunity, you get those targets, you got to make the most of them. And that's what he did. Uh any any concern with the early part? The defense bounced back nice before we look ahead and, and look at the AFC. That solve everything for you? I, I, it didn't make sense that the Raiders got to 14, but then everything kind of got better real quick, and they only they, – they well, they, they basically just settled in, right? Like everything after that point seemed to get better and was okay. Would they give up three more points the rest of the game? Yeah, three more points fine moving forward or any any bigger picture concerns with the Raiders getting those early touchdowns I think fine moving forward for two reasons one I really believe in and I love the fact that Spagnolo and the defense they adjust faster you know all those years under Marty Schottheimer even some of the years under coach Reed we've always said you've got to adjust faster you got you know when a team is doing something you take advantage of this in a time frame that allows you to manipulate the situation is important. And I feel like the Chiefs defense is really good at adjusting quickly. I always feel like they play better in the second half anyway than the first half. I feel like they're watching the kind of that first half and, and then they make the adjustments and they just, you know, they get so stingy in the second half. But I felt like they did a good job of, of adjusting quickly after the second touchdown. And I, I really think uh, that's important. The second aspect of that is Nick Bolton's not in yet. When do we get Nick Bolton back? 
uh, I feel like that's going to be a, a, an advantage as well. So I don't think I have too many concerns about the defense, uh, even though that was a kind of an anomaly. I, I feel like that's a solid deal. If, if, if the Chiefs offense can kind of continue their ways, and I feel like we're back on the path of where we need to be. And I really love, guys, I love the fact that the Chiefs just refuse to lose two games in a row. That's important. You can get on that skid, and that slope can slide out right under you. And their their ability to say we are not losing a second game in a row, uh, I think is important. Dan, uh, any uh, updates on Jarek McKinnon moving forward? I thought that Clyde Edwards-Elaire had a, a pretty nice game on Sunday against the Raiders. And, of course, we know about Isaiah Pacheco and the way that he has blossomed into that lead back role. Um, but, of course, the versatility that Jarek McKinnon brings. Do we know anything about him injury-related moving forward? I haven't heard anything yet. I'm sure we'll hear some news tomorrow as practice kind of goes. Uh, I, I think McKinnon still, you know, and I, I say McKinnon's still the third down back. He's still going to be in the mix. He's still going to be the guy once he gets healthy. Uh, obviously, Clyde Edwards-Alaire lost his job because of that. But I think when you consider that uh, Clyde Edwards came in for McKinnon, I don't think there's as big a disparity as when Isaiah Pacheco came in for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So I, I feel like those two, uh, you know, it's just hard to it's hard to watch Isaiah Pacheco and not go, man, is that kid fun to watch run, right? And, and so I, I don't feel like McKinnon's absence is – is as big a deal as, you know, possibly just the injury. Once he's back healthy, I think he'll be back in the mix. Yeah, I I, I think, I think, and also, too, they seem to unlock him a little bit this time of year, but I, I don't know if the injury derails that. What about Green Bay, Dan? Uh, certainly they're not going to sneak up on the Chiefs now after what they did to Detroit on Thanksgiving. Uh, you got to go to Lambeau. It's Mahomes' first game at Lambeau Stadium, I think. Vegas is telling us not to overlook this game as it's only a six and a half point line. But, you know, Green Bay's got a lot of talented young players. But, you know, just at a bird's eye view early on in the week, what do we think about the Packers? You know, I just always like Spagnolo's disguising and his, his defensive play calling against a young quarterback. I think it's confusing. I think he always fares well. However, having said that, that kid's playing pretty good, and so I think that'll be a, a real tricky matchup to watch. Is does Jordan Love, you know, can he handle the pressure? Can he handle the disguising? Will he learn quick enough throughout the game? Because this is his first game against the Chiefs. Actually, it might not be his first game against the Chiefs, but second game. It's yeah. So, but it's it's definitely something he's going to have to contend with as he goes here. Now. Having said that, I do think Mahomes is, you know, how motivated he gets. Playing in Lambeau Field is going to motivate him. And I think it's going to be a big deal. I think that will override uh, the, the the crowd of Lambeau Field. I don't think that'll be a, uh, an issue for the Chiefs. I expect the Chiefs to do well here. I also think when you look back to the Thanksgiving Day game, I felt like Detroit just had some miserable play calling there. There were some moments in there where you went, you're shooting yourself in the foot. That's not Green Bay beating you. That's you beating you. And so I think it's important for the Chiefs not to do that same thing because I do think they're a good enough team. They'll capitalize on that if, if you let them. Uh, Dan, what, what do you make of the AFC race right now? The, you know, the Raiders are not the Raiders, the Ravens. Uh, you know, they're, they're, they got that lead, the half game lead 
in the conference, and it's all kind of jumbled up right now. The Chiefs are right in the mix of things. Where do you land on where things kind of fall after 12 weeks in the season? Yeah, I sure don't like it. It feels so crowded now where we were a couple of weeks ago. But I, I also feel like the Ravens aren't as consistent as maybe a team that once they get that first, you know, once they get in the driver's seat, they stay in the driver's seat. I don't think the Ravens can necessarily do that. I think the Chiefs have the ability here. If they can play their their caliber of football, let's say, I think they've got a chance to uh, to make their way back to the driver's seat, make their way back to that first seed. And, and frankly, the Ravens' schedule for the rest of the year is way harder than the Chiefs' schedule is. I think the Chiefs have an easier schedule to back out of the year. The Ravens have got some big teams to play here, and, and I just feel like it's going to be a lot harder for them to, to stay on the top of the mountain than it was to get there. But we'll see. You know, I mean, this is why you don't want to let that happen. You want to stay in control. Uh, Chiefs weren't able to do that. Now let's see if they can get back there. All right, Dan. Uh, well, safe travels today. I know you guys will have a lot of fun with the broadcast at Lambeau Stadium. Hopefully it's not too cold for you, although some people like it when it's that way in Green Bay. But safe travels today. We appreciate you hopping on. Sorry about the delay. Um, I don't really have any good advice, advice for you uh, for a <laughs> well, six-hour airport delay. All right. Dan Israel, executive producer of the Chiefs Radio Network. Always appreciate his visits. You can, of course, hear the Chiefs Radio Network right here on our Odyssey family of networks. Uh, always great stuff. Loving it. Uh, it's uh, it's always good. KNSS is where you can find the Chiefs broadcast. Very, very good. We appreciate Dan. And, yeah, getting delayed in an airport, Tommy. Just brutal. Never fun. I, it's It's even worse. At least his delay is happening during the day. You know, and he doesn't have to sleep that's at the airport. True. Like, that's always the worst. That's the worst. And, you know, at some point, like, some people might tell you, well, you pass a delay by, you know, you just go get hammered, right? Like, some people just pass their time at an airport that way. And it's not a bad way to pass the time at an airport. I, I Like, just to go belly up somewhere and be like, all right, we're all in this together. Let's just enjoy it, grin and bear it, whatever. We've got a f- – this is not a delay. I think we have, like, a – Five-hour layover. Uh, we're, we're leaving town late this week. You'll you'll have uh, Paul Savage in Friday. But we've got like a five-hour layover that we know about currently. Uh, and it's like, oh, boy. You can't, you can't pass that as you did as like a single guy. Like you don't pass the time when you're traveling with your wife and three kids as you did when you were a single guy at the airport. That's for sure. Or maybe you do. I, I don't. I don't. But, you know, I guess you could. You could. You know what? Never. It doesn't make sense to me that you can go and get hammered in an airport and there's, you know, booze flowing freely yep. at all these airport bars. But then if you are too intoxicated, you can't get on the plane and you can't fly to your right. destination. Right. That has exactly. never made sense to me at all. It, well, I mean, you gotta, you do have to look out for the other passengers, I suppose. And nobody likes look. Well, no, I'm not nobody saying likes being let, on the I'm, plane next I'm to the drunk guy. I'm not saying they should let you on the plane if you're wasted. I'm saying why make it so freely available in the airport if you can't? Because you've you just delayed I mean? somebody five hours. It, yeah, yeah, I mean, like what else are you supposed to do? You're leaning on a lot of like trust on the individual to make sure that they know what their limit is before they get on a plane and, you know, end up getting sick or end up being obnoxious or whatever. I just think, like, that's a dangerous game to play. It, it is, but you've got to also allow people to pass past these massive I delays. I, I don't know what you're supposed to do either other than trust people to be responsible, but you've put people in a situation that they're, like, angry or frustrated. Right. You haven't put them in a good position to succeed 
uh, right out of the gates there. Um, but, you know, good luck to, to Dan, anybody traveling in the holiday season when you get these delays. I guess technology has made it slightly easier. Most of us can find a way to pop a movie on whatever device we're carrying with us. Uh, we're traveling on Thursday afternoon evening. I'm, I'm, here's going to be the real problem with that. So the Cowboys are playing. I'm like, oh, great. I'll just watch the game at the airport. But they're on prime. Like, I, you know, it's not going to be – I doubt very seriously that the airport bars have Amazon Prime. Watch it on uh, your phone. So that, Pull it up on your phone. I suppose, yeah. And we piggyback uh, We piggyback an account. I hope Amazon's not listening to me right now. What am I kidding? Amazon's always listening. <laughs> uh, we we piggyback an account, so hopefully it works. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll figure out a way to do it. But, again, like three young kids, they'll be all right with that, you know, layover for about 20 minutes before they lose their minds. And so it'll be it'll be good. It'll be nice and fun. Which good, I wonder yeah, which airport luck. we're getting laid over in. I have to look at that. If it's the Denver airport, Denver airport's a great airport to get laid over in. They got good. They got good like craft beer there at the airport. It's a great airport. Uh, have you ever been laid over in the St. Louis airport? That has to be the worst airport in the country. Yeah, it's not good. It's awful. There's nothing there. Number one. And there is no room. Like, every time I'm ever in that airport, I'm like, why do they let this many? You can't. Here's the rule, airports, if you're listening. You cannot have more travelers than chairs in your airport. Like, you cannot force people to sit on the ground. This is a society. But isn't the. Like, what are we doing here? Isn't the St. Louis airport kind of a microcosm of the city itself? I've, I've never spent time in St. Louis, so I can't really pile on. We're in Denver. We're laid over in Denver. Okay, we'll be fine. Denver Airport's fantastic. It's a great airport. Love it. You got to, you know, we fly southwest. I think you have to get out of the southwest wing. But when you go to the other wings, like the bougie wings, you know, uh, th- they've got some really cool stuff. So we'll, we'll be all right. Don't, don't listen. Nobody worry about us at home. We'll be just fine. Uh, all right. Let's come back. Uh, we'll get into some of the other topics around the sports world today. Uh, we've been pretty football heavy here. Um, but we'll look into it. We'll, there's been some baseball move. We got we got all kinds of good stuff out there. We'll do it next on Sports Daily. Everybody, Sports Daily here on KFH. Jake Walpock, Tommy Pastor with You Can't Get Enough Chiefs Coverage. Check out New Heights with Jason and Travis Kelsey free on the Odyssey app. Follow it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, glad to be here with you. By the way, congratulations to Tim for winning our HTO Brewhouse coffee giveaway there in the first hour. Um, Oliver asks us real quick on the video stream. You can always catch our video stream, by the way. We know we have a lot of great listeners. You can watch us too, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, easy way to watch us if you're trying to sneak us in at work, I will say. Um, ask if Avery plays in the bowl game for K-State, will he get the red shirt this year? I think, Tommy, he's already lost yeah, the red shirt. Yeah, he's already shirt. burned through that. So you, in, in theory, uh, and, and it comes down to that Texas game, when I think he threw what a pass or something um, and came in and ran the ball once and threw a pass that basically cost him. When you look back at it, 
you would in you would in theory get a hall pass in a bowl game. I believe they changed that rule, but I don't think it matters for Avery because I think he already burned through it. But I will say this too, Oliver, it doesn't really matter. You know, like if Avery is as good as we all hope he is, he's not a four-year guy anyway. And so this is probably all irrelevant, right? And and those conversations have been had, and they were good enough this year that you don't really worry about that stuff. I, I think that gets overrated sometimes. The experience that Avery Johnson gained by playing this year will benefit him greatly moving forward. I would say it's absolutely worth it, and you just you just don't worry about that stuff with with players of that caliber, Tommy. And again, I think that it's something that was probably predetermined, you know, right? Like I think that there were yeah. conversations moving forward about okay, Avery, oh, sure, what games yeah. are you going to be playing in? We're going to probably have you run through the red shirt, and then I'm guessing that Avery and and his family and everybody that you know on his side probably they, they also are thinking, hey, you're not going to be a four year guy anyway, so it's probably not the end of the world to go ahead and burn through that. I, I, look, I think that Kansas State has been saying that, by the way, from the beginning. I know Wyatt Thompson brought it up with us. Like, do we really think this is going to be a four-year guy? And I can't remember. We had conversations with both Colin Klein and Chris Kleiman over over the off season, And I don't know that they said it directly. I'm trying to recall now. I They at least said... And we're, you know, very uh, optimistic about the upside and potential that he has right now and what it looks like is just like as high as it could possibly be. But the theme around that has always been we're not that worried about that with this player. And so uh, you can get a red shirt for a thousand different reasons. It's just not that big a deal with him Um, because, again, the hope is he's so good that he's only a three-year player anyway. Like that that's the ultimate goal with Avery Johnson to begin with. So they needed him this year in spots they used him. I got no issue with it. I don't really care. Like cross that bridge when you get there. Uh with the history they have of developing quarterbacks, I just don't think it's gonna be that big a deal. All right, Tommy, let's talk here's something that's come up that we just because we haven't had shows, haven't had a chance to discuss this little development in this stadium situation for the Royals. Uh a couple of things have come out. Now you've seen something and I haven't seen this about a price tag issue on one of them. But the one that has my interest is that, again, you've got some rumblings of maybe an outside threat, whatever, of, you know, we could go over to the Kansas side of things. What What is the latest that you've seen on all this? Yeah, so the latest story came out yesterday. Uh, it was the Fox affiliate in Kansas City. They obtained a document that showed a corrected number Uh, for how much a new stadium would cost for the Royals in Jackson County. So originally the document that was leaked to the media back in October said that a new stadium could cost Jackson County as much as $6.4 billion. The corrected number is $5.1 billion on the high end. So it's a 1.2 high. It's a $1.2 billion accounting or calculation error between the documents and the county administrator for Jackson County in an interview said that it was just a formula error. However, there's a politician, uh, Democratic Jackson County legislator Manny Abarca. Uh, he is thinking that this was a political move to scare voters before voting happened uh, to try to scare them by thinking that the number was going to be too high and to scare them away from voting for it. So th- there is some controversy with that number, but it's a it's an over one billion dollar accounting error in the document uh, showing how much this new stadium could cost Jackson County over a stretch of like 40 years. That number is too high. 
it, it is like it, one one way or the other. That number is too high. Yeah, it doesn't it, matter like if it's stadiums, five billion or six billion. Right. That's a lot of money. Stadiums shouldn't cost five. Baseball stadiums, especially, shouldn't be costing five billion. Now, that's probably like an entire project, I assume, number, and not just the stadium. But that investment will not pay off. Like that's too high. It does not cost that much. It costs that much to build a, a SoFi in Southern California. Yeah. Right. Like you're talking about the world class football stadium, a baseball stadium which is open air. Right. They're not putting a dome on this thing. Like it's going to be an open air baseball stadium in Missouri. Like that. That price tag is too high. So, so I don't care what yeah. the calculation is. That's ridiculous. There are uh, there are some really interesting quotes in this article, and I'll, I'll read them for you. Uh, this is from Manny Abarca, who's the legislator in Jackson County. He says, and I quote, I think these numbers were inflated to scare voters. I think that's part of, again, why the stadium committee needs to exist to create the realities of what is fact and what is fiction. There's one thing to say we're going to voters. It's another thing to say that we're trying to persuade voters against or for and the facts should dictate that, not anything else. So these facts matter, and that's why I called out the billion-dollar error. Well, look, uh, Manny, I, again, I don't, I don't even remember what political affiliation you said he was. I don't really care. The reality is th- there is data in history all over the place that says these things don't pay off the way that they're pitched. Right. They just don't. So, Number one, let's push that to the side and understand that when you have these discussions, you have to understand if they're like they're not going to financially make sense at all. Never do. Never will. Unless it's privately funded by whoever it is that's benefiting from it and building it. Never will. Because it's just it, it just doesn't right like it doesn't generate what people say it generates. It's you know you get these committees together and they're like, oh, it's going to generate twelve billion dollars. You're right. like, okay, show me how. Like, yeah. how does that happen? And like, you can say that. It's great. Me, show me how the economic development will be directly tied to the new stadium, or will it be a byproduct of the new stadium? I mean, and I think that you can try to you know spin it however you want. The other thing that's interesting in this article is that. Uh, Abarco was quoted as saying that it was certainly an option when he was asked if it sounded like the Chiefs could move to Kansas. Um, so that that so, was a part okay. of the article as well. So a, a couple of things on that. Like, it, I'm not saying you never do these things. I'm just saying, like, stop lying to us about the economic benefits of a stadium. Number one, you're already getting the economic benefits of a stadium. So you basically, if when when you're making your calculations of all the money, like okay, well subtract everything you're making now, right. right? And what's the difference between what you'd get and what you're getting now? And it's just not that high, right? Now, I will say on the flip side of that, because I generally, generally support these things. It's all about like what what is what is our city, right? And if you're Kansas City, Missouri. It's important for your city to have a professional baseball team. It's important for your city more so to have the Kansas City Chiefs. It's an attraction thing. It is it makes your city more attractive to people to come there. It just does. And so you have to like balance that out. The problem when you ask for taxpayer dollars I don't, I, I don't, I, I always like caution, asterisk, whatever. This is not a political conversation. It's not. It's just like an observation conversation. You have to remember, like, the people that are going to foot the tax bill 
aren't the, like they're not the only people that get the benefit. So if a certain county right foots the tax bill for this, I'm I'm jumping for joy if I live in another county because I'm essentially going to get the right. same benefit right. without having to pay anything right. for it. Right. So it's like right now there's and again, not a political conversation, asterisk disclaimer, like, please don't whatever, do whatever you want. I don't care. We, we they're building a big new battery factory up there, right? Big thing for Kansas, right? You've heard about this massive battery factory. Everything's great. Major, major driver. Well, come to find out, guess who's footing the bill for the energy cost of that battery factory? We all are. We all are. The state you of think, Kansas. You think we in Wichita are going to see the benefits of right. a battery factory in Kansas City, Kansas? Of yeah. course we're not. But guess who gets to foot the bill? Now, all of a sudden, it's like, well, what the hell? Like, I don't want right. to pay for that battery factory. And it's the same thing. And I, I guess I maybe will make it a little bit of a political conversation. It's the same thing with the open enrollment that's happening around the state now. You know, I live in, in Butler County. I'm paying Butler County taxes for the Andover School District. But now anybody can, you know, send their kid to that district and not have to pay the right. taxes to, you know, to be a benefit of that. It's the same kind of thing, right? And, and it, it sort of sure. kind of turns into this conversation where if I'm a resident of Jackson County, if I'm a resident of of, of uh Clay County, that's the other county that is in uh, discussions about bringing a, a new stadium for the Royals. I don't want to have to pay the added taxes for it. I want to live in the adjacent county where I can yeah, go and 100%. enjoy it, and I don't have yeah. to pay the taxes for it. Uh -huh. So so the battery factory, it's going to bring jobs and drive yep. the economy right there where people are going to live. Right. So if I'm there, I'm like, heck yeah, yeah, let's get this thing in. And then everybody else gets to pay for it. Like your energy rates right. are going way up, everybody. Because, and, and they just got a smaller portion approved and they get to do it again. Like you're going to pay a whole lot more for your energy bills. It probably bites a little bit less at home. It's going to bite real bad as a business owner. It's like, God, whatever. So you have to look at these stadium things and understand it in totality, right? The county that has to – and this is why this stuff should all be privately funded most of the time. The battery factory coming to Kansas is like, okay, well, this becomes a major employer, one of the biggest in the state. I get it. I, I understand it. I understand. Like you can the, swallow the, you that. Know, like I, I, can be, I can be like, okay, I don't love well, subsidizing Well, I don't love it. it. But I, I don't I love it. it. It makes me very angry. Right. But I get, it. I get it. But I get it. And so, like, if you're the Royals slash Chiefs and this politician brings this up, well, look, there's a real chance they go to Kansas. So you've got a, an interesting situation developing. If they came to like, this is where the pressure comes on for the state of Kansas. You know what? Attracting over. The Chiefs more importantly than the Royals, but let's let, – well, for, for all intents and purposes, we'll just package them together. There should – that's where you drive the tax incentives. I mean that becomes – I've said this before. The Chiefs would instantly become the state of Kansas's greatest export if they were to come over. That's just the way it is. And so, you know, how much benefit do we all get from it? Or for, that, that part is debatable. And that's the stranglehold these professional franchises have on everybody right now. But I, I understand it. But don't pitch it as this money-making, driving. I mean, we went through this with a downtown stadium in Wichita. They still can't figure out that thing and how to make it work. And they're going to go back to the well. I still think it was the right thing to do. 
And I still think hopefully that development gets done because it puts it's a higher profile for the city of Wichita. Having that big, beautiful stadium down there, they're going to learn how to use it the right way. Whether it becomes like a, a sellout for a baseball game every once in a while, it becomes a crown jewel of your city. I get it. And and for the most part, I support it. I wish there was more honesty in what it costs and what it will generate and how it will generate it. But I'm a little it's bit just, I'm a little bit more cynical, I think, than you are about the future. I mean, I I, I love Riverfront Stadium. I love going down there and watching a game. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. But I've lived in this metro area my entire life. They've been trying to develop the the West Bank forever. I mean, forever. Yeah. And it's never happened. And so, you know, it very well could happen eventually now that you have a brand new baseball stadium downtown. I'm not holding my breath because I've you know been through all these different, you know, scenarios where we're going to develop a, a water walk and it's going to it's going to look like San Antonio and it's going to we're going to do all yeah. and it's never happened. Right. And so you've got the opportunity now with the new stadium in Wichita. I'm just not holding my breath that it's ever going to happen. Well, and if it does happen, how much money does it generate? Right. Again, like if it happens, it's good for your city because it makes your city more attractive. And you have but to have a balance, ever... and that's where that's where Kansas yeah. City, like you've got to figure out what the balance is between you know keeping these professional franchises in your market because there will be another city that will throw everything at them to bring them in versus putting the burden on the shoulders of the taxpayers. You have to balance that in some way. Well. I just if don't think they're a, doing a good job at that right now. If you're a resident of that county, Tommy, and it's your money, do you really care if you got to drive across the border to go to a game? Nope. Nope. Vote it down. Bye. Yeah. Like I, you know, like see ya. Like because it doesn't. It that the pressure is on the decision makers, but like and you, you don't way, get the tax revenue, but you're gonna. It's gonna cost so much. By the way, you know what the easiest solution is? John Sherman, pay for it yourself. Always, always, and we're seeing that. We saw it with the with the Rams Chargers Stadium. We saw it. We're seeing it with the new Denver Stadium. Those owners are paying for their own stadiums. They will get a financial advantage. Like they're always the winners in this thing because they get they just they drive down the cost through public money and they still generate the same. If you want, I've always said this: if you want public money, whatever the percentage the public money pays for. Every penny of your revenue, we get that percentage back. So if we give you – think about the bank here, Tommy. If you go to the bank and you say, you know, lend us this money, there's a percentage on that you got to pay back. If you take private investors, you got to give up ownership of your company. So if, if like, the Chiefs or the Royals, like, if John Sherman, if the, if Jackson County or whatever county it is wants to say, okay, great, we get 20 – we pay for 20 percent, we get 20 percent of your right. revenue. Or if we're going to be the bank for you, we want to guarantee 10% back because that's where the rates are right now. We'll lend you the money. You owe us back plus 10%. That's how you should do it. But everybody gets so scared. Like, oh, no, we can't lose the Royals. Really? Can't you? Like, is it that big a deal? Everybody's going to drive 20 minutes over the border. I don't think anybody cares. And the state of Kansas wants them and would get them and would love to have them. It's a, it, you've got two very different dynamics working against each other. It'll be fascinating, but stop lying to us. $5.2 billion for a baseball stadium? Get out of here. That will never generate that much money. God. 869-1240 is the number to call. We'll be back. More Sports Daily after this.
All right, welcome back, everybody. It's Sports Daily here on KFH. Tommy Castor, Jacob Albrock, Jad Chambers producing the program today. The IHOP hotline open for a couple more minutes at 869-1240. And uh, Jad and I were just talking about it during the break. A lot of controversy last week, Jad, about the the new license plate that was (laughs) announced for the state of Kansas and just how much everybody seemed to hate that design. Governor Kelly comes out today. Uh, with the announcement that that license plate is going away. They're not going to produce it, which I think is the the right thing to do, considering a lot of people did not like that. A a lot of people, I think the biggest problem people had was that there was no input from the public on any of it. I think that was the problem they had with it. Uh, Just put the story about this on the KNSS website myself just a little bit ago, so you can check that out, knssradio.com, if you want to see what we're talking about. But yeah, uh, yeah, they've decided that they're going to go ahead and, you know, pause it, maybe get some public comment on it. That would be interesting. And I think that there is a a little bit of a sports component in this, Jacob. I mean, I think a lot of people didn't like it just because of the colors, right? Like, it kind of looked like Missouri colors, and (laughs) I know that made a lot Uh, of uh, KU fans unhappy. Here's the thing. One, let let people vote on a license plate. The people, states have been doing that for years and years and years and years. Here's three. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Choices, pick one. Number two, can we, like, license plates don't need to be yellow. If I've got a red car, no offense, Chiefs fans, or if I've got like a a green car, like it's going to look terrible. Like, no, come on now. Kansas has always had like a color neutral plate. The, the, The plates we have now are great. Like they don't make any car look bad. The state of Texas, Tommy, went to a black and white design after they had like the flag and all this kind of stuff. And you're like, eh, it doesn't always look good. Now it's just like it's white with black print. I love it. It's perfect. Like, stop. You make cars look ugly when you have well, – I don't even know what, 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 what color that is. Like, what, what I don't are know. Michigan fans? Yeah. Like, what, what are we doing here? I really didn't uh, – it didn't really upset me all that much. I already – I have one of the Wichita flag license plates already. Yeah, I love So it those. didn't really bother me one way or another. I don't really want to look at it on the, on the road uh, if that was what they were going to go for. But 
Um, I get I get the outrage. Like if I had a standard I plate, I would be upset about it too. Yeah, I mean, I'm not I'm not actually upset about it. I did. It was a little shocking to see that they just hammered this through, and right. it's like, did, don't you think somebody... that it's it's funny though that like we cannot agree on anything in this world, but everybody agreed that this license plate is awful. Yeah. Well, it's just not a good fit for Kansas. It's it's a decent design, but it's not good for Kansas. It doesn't make any sense for the state of Kansas. Real quick, let's jump to Charlie on the IHOP hotline. We'll get you in, Charlie. Just a, just about a minute here. What's on your mind? Hey, uh, just real quick about the uh, KC Royals and stuff. I thought that in uh, Eugene or Ewan Kaufman's will that the uh, Royals were not allowed to leave Kansas City at all, even if they're going across the road. Am I not? Am I not right out on that? Am I correct on that or no? I I don't know. Um, I mean, I I they can always break a lease. I, you know, that's that's it. I I don't. There are going to be so many complicated. The, the problem for the Royals is they're sort of tethered to the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are actually somebody that people will bend over backwards for. The Royals are not, and so yeah. like I, it, they're they're going to have to beg for the John Sherman's the one that's going to have to beg. The Chiefs can do whatever they want. Never right. the Chiefs will say jump, yeah. and everyone will ask how high. The Royals sure, are running into this situation. That, it's just like. It, you we fool me once shame on you fool me twice shame on me everybody knows that like a five billion dollar baseball stadium price tag isn't a good investment it's just not yeah it's yeah. just no yeah. it, it's ridiculous on the price tag and stuff but i had heard a while back yeah i may be off a little bit on this but i had heard that in his will that you know that whoever it is that bought the team that they are not allowed to leave the Kansas city area well, define the Kansas City area, I suppose, too, because you can go across the street and you're in the state of Kansas, but you're in the Kansas City area. So I, I don't know. We'll have to look into that, Charlie. It's a good point. We'll see if we can't find the answer for you. All right. Uh, we're going to come back. We'll take a quick break here. We'll tell you what's on tap the rest of the day. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.